Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. DFS. Lineup Lock Live, Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci. We're now about 90 minutes away from kickoff. Montreal Alouettes hosting the Edmonton Eskimos in CFL action. I believe the game's on ESPN2 uh, this evening. I, I'm not positive. We'll, we'll check into that, actually, uh, for you. Johnny Manziel, of course, just acquired by the Montreal Alouettes, will not be starting uh, tonight. I wouldn't expect Johnny Manziel to play too much uh, this evening. You know, I think they're going to get him on the field. They'll probably use him in short yardage uh, situations. But it won't, like we, we, we've talked about this, it's not going to be like a case where, oh, you know, there's a quarterback ahead of him. Vernon Adams is playing tonight. You know, former uh, Oregon Duck, Eastern Washington. Uh, quarterback. He was a good college quarterback, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams starting tonight, but even Vernon Adams, like, he wasn't even on the team. He was on the team. He got cut. He got brought back. Basically, Vernon Adams just getting thrown in here tonight. Johnny Manziel most likely will be starting next week, I would imagine, next Friday. So uh, we'll get to that for, for betting purposes a little bit later on. Uh, Edmonton are 10-point favorites in the game. So the Cubs just came back and won 7-6. Been a wild week of baseball. It's hot out. It's humid out. The balls are flying. Oakland and uh, Texas uh, once again on the board tonight. Let's bring in uh, one of the best DFS players in the business. Ricky Sanders steps up and joins us, I believe, from Chicago, unless he's still in Rome or something like that. Ricky Sanders. What's up, Ricky? Ricky. Here. Uh, I'll hop on the first flight back. Hey, how you how you doing, Ricky? Yeah, sorry, we had a little uh, issue there hearing you at first. Yeah, thanks for joining. So, how was Italy, buddy? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, I had never been outside North America before, so it was a lot of culture shock for me. But it was <laughs> incredible. I mean, it was history class come alive. That's that's cool. So, yeah, your first it was your first trip abroad, huh? You go to Italy. That's great. You're a class act too, because I I sent uh, Ricky a, a message. Can he come on the show? He actually responded. He goes, No, I can't. I'm in Rome. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, a lot of people wouldn't have responded, Ricky. So that that's pretty hardcore. You were there during the World Cup too, right? Yeah, we flew to uh, London, and it was actually the quarterfinal game, uh, one of the games where they won. So I went to a local pub and almost got elbowed in the face when they scored uh, the game-winning goal. <laughs> but, or, but, yeah, it was incredible. So, so, like, you've been to Bears games and stuff. What's the difference between, like, the uh, – is it like, was it way more intense, the English soccer fan as opposed to the NFL fan? 
Yeah, the NFL fan swears. The uh, soccer fan does not. They are, especially with the British accent, they're very polite when they're mad. I will give you that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't remember the exact lingo they used, but it wasn't the F word, which was really shocking to me as a Chicagoan. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, listen, I saw on your Twitter – it said uh, your last couple of weeks with Roto Curve, so I don't want to put you on the spot now. I don't know if you've announced your future endeavors uh, yet, but uh, so what's going on uh, with uh, with Ricky Sanders' future here? Or if you know if you're you're unsure, you got to hold off with an announcement. That's fine, but I just noticed um, you know you put it on Twitter, so I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, I mean we haven't announced yet what my next chapter is, but you'll still be seeing plenty of me. I'm not like switching to being a server at your local Denny's or anything like that. I'm staying in the industry. So you're not becoming a weatherman. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that would be just about the last thing uh, for me. I already give you my guesses for this. I think my weather guesses would be a whole lot worse, but uh, yeah, no, there are some good things coming in the near future. I would say about a few weeks away from the actual announcement. So just stay tuned and I guess look at my Twitter. <laughs> All right, good stuff. So yeah, follow Ricky, uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky Sanders DFS on Twitter. So let's talk a little uh, DFS. I was talking a couple of minutes ago about this Oakland and Texas series, and it's unbelievable. Yep. You know, I don't. It's almost. It feels like um, it's crazy when you just you put the same guys in a lineup on a daily basis. You know, and but I've been doing it this week, and I'm like a broken record. I'm like, well, guys, we'll just. No need to take Chris Davis out here. And you figure, wow, they can't do it again, can he? He's not going to do this again, and the A's aren't going to do it again. But they just have. What a fantasy point palooza this series has been between Houston and Oakland this week. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard to project this not being a reasonably high-scoring game, but I will say the Sharps are on the under of this game, and I can tell you why. It's because we went really left-handed with this Texas lineup. I mean, Chu, Odor, Profar, Gallo, Guzman. And, I mean, there were two dominant pitchers who were right-handers against lefties on this slate. One was Steven Strasburg, who got DL'd, who's no longer pitching. The other one was Trevor Cahill. So you're getting more than half the lineup with him, a guy who doesn't allow too many fly balls, against a Rangers team that's going to have you know a tough time getting the ball in the air against him. I mean, he's missed a ton of lefty bats. He's held them to a really, really low low. But, I mean, this year, uh, 248 is the lowest of any pitcher on the slate. And, by the way, there are lefties on this slate. So that just shows you how good he's been. So I don't think I'm on the Rangers side here, but it's really tough not to like at least a few of the open A's, beginning with Chris Davis. I mean, everything working in his factor. Bartolo Colon, the most homers per nine, uh, and most homers allowed to righties of any pitcher on this slate. I mean, Chris Davis. Brooks baseball calls it a sinker, the pitch that Cologne throws. I mean, Chris Davis absolutely mashing right-handed sinkers this year. Uh, Cologne's a lot, a lot more fly balls to righties. So, I mean, Chris Davis is the guy for me who's really difficult to, to overlook here. But, like, the rest of the team, if you like some other offenses, I'm willing to go in those directions. I don't love using, you know, the high-owned one-off, so maybe I'm pairing – um, Chris Davis with a Matt Chapman, who I think is going to go overlooked here too, and some really good stat cast data uh, against Bartolo Colon in his career. So I mostly like the righties here, but otherwise, I mean, again, you mentioned, they're going to be really heavily owned. I see Pinder's actually out of the lineup right here this evening. 
So uh, Pinder, uh, Pinder's out. So, yeah, Bartolo Colon's um, on the other side. You mentioned so Cahill. The one guy that caught my eye here was uh, was Beltre. Beltre has some nice splits against yep. uh, Cahill. Uh, you know, 11 hits, a uh, couple of home runs, and, and 32 at-bats hitting 344. And he's very cheap at $3,200. Uh, what, what's your take on Beltre tonight? Is he worth a punt at 3200 Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, there's still a high implied total for them in Cahill where he's allowed homers, over a homer per nine against righties, um, but still some pretty solid numbers. I just like some of the upper echelon guys at third base tonight. Like, I would rather use Matt Chapman hitting seventh on the other side uh, than use Adrian Beltre personally. I really like with Eugenio Suarez, who's on a bit of a home run streak himself. So third base isn't a position that I'm going down at personally, but if you're going to start one bat here, I want to use a righty against Cahill, and you mentioned the good career numbers. He would be the guy. Uh, I just am on the A's side of this one. Uh, all right, so as far as the pitching is concerned, uh, Cahill is 9,900. Rich Hill is 9-2. Sanchez is 8-3. I'm using DraftKings prices here. Uh, Sonny Gray is, um, is 8,200. Kyle Gibson, 7-4. Suarez, 7-1. For those about to rock, Brian Johnson, $7,000. Wade Miley, 66. Matt, 63. What's your take on the the pitching um, crop uh, here tonight with the nine games? Yeah, this is one of the worst large, you know, uh, at least eight game to choose from slates in terms of pitching that I have seen. Like, I can't find any pitch data correlations. Like the other night, we had Carlos Rodon against the Angels team that really struggled against left-handed sliders. He threw that pitch a ton. Um, we usually on the slate have at least one of those guys who stands out to me. I got nothing tonight. So uh, <laughs> what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm going with tonight is Wade Miley, uh, which is a scary proposition. But, I mean, at least in San Francisco, you get the comfort of if he makes a mistake, the, a mistake, the ball can stay in the yard, which I happen to like. I mean, this Giants team, look at their numbers against lefties this year, 305, Woba, 93 WRC+. Plus. 147 ISO and 8% walk rate. The fact that they rank in the bottom 10 of walk rate really makes me feel better about this. If you're going to use Wade Miley, because we know he can get wild at times. So you got the ballpark. you got a team that doesn't walk. I mean, it's, it's kind of a YOLO slate, and it, especially on one starting pitcher sites, allows you to fit all the bats you want. So I think he's as good of a bet as any. I mean, none of the strikeout props are off the chains today. So I'm on Wade Miley, sadly. Two pitchers, so my two pitchers, and I'll throw them out here, and you give me my report card and your thoughts why you uh, you don't like them or maybe you do like them a bit. Uh, let's start off with uh, Kingham uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates against the Mets uh, here tonight, $9,400. Uh, yeah, why could... did, is it too expensive for Kingham? And like you said, it's, not, it's a weird pitching slate tonight, right? So it's expensive, but there's a lot of average pitchers that are expensive tonight. Yeah, my problem with Kingham is he, his numbers kind of look fraudulent against left-handers, and this Mets team has started to wake up. Uh, like Michael Conforto is one of my favorite one-offs of the entire night. You look at him, a 6-1-9 FIP against lefties this season is the worst of anyone not named Tyler Male on this slate. And you look at this Mets lineup, you got his Drupal hitting second, Conforto third, Nimmo fifth. Uh, you got Jeff McNeil, which, you know, I guess that's not exactly optimal, but you got these lefties in the middle of the line who have started to wake up. That's obviously your biggest nemesis if you're starting Kingham, but also a ton of power he's allowed to them, and he hasn't struck them out at an incredibly high rate, 15.5%. 
The fact that you have five righties, I mean, that's at least encouraging for his 29.5% K rate to right-handers. Leading off Rosario is probably a good bet for multiple Ks, but I'm just a little bit concerned about the lefties in the middle. But like I said, I mean, I really like Conforto, but other than that, I mean, it's just, he's worth a risk as much as anyone else, especially when you see his K rate against the right-handers. Um, Steven Matz is one of those right-handers, so those should be a couple of free strikeouts. I think his strikeout potential is as good as anyone's. Some great analysis uh, from Ricky Sanders um, with us. Uh, my other pitcher is uh, the Hall of Famer's kid, Pudge Rodriguez's uh, kid, Rodriguez. Um, I mean, this, this guy's been unbelievable at home. You talked about it being a pitcher's park with the wind and, and the water in the bay, et cetera. What's your take on Derek Rodriguez? Yeah, I just wish his price point was a little lower because you know you're not getting a crazy amount of strikeouts. But tonight, that's like, again, everyone's strikeout prop is in the same range. So it's almost not a concern, especially with Strasburg wiped out. Uh, you just need a guy who's going to throw a quality start, basically. And yeah. Rodriguez is a really good numbers against right-handers. His underlying numbers against lefties are pretty good. So I certainly understand it. We know this Milwaukee team, I mean, they strike out at a higher rate against right-handers and they have a ton of power but this ballpark kind of neutralizes it again i wish he was a little bit cheaper but in terms of safety i think one of the higher floors he's got to be in the top five percent of floors on this slate uh just when you look at what else you have to choose from let's talk about a so you mentioned so conforto so people paying attention at home uh, it's one of ricky's top uh iso plays here to, tonight in conforto let's talk about uh, the other uh, new york team here in the yankees uh they yeah. get uh junis Junis, uh, man, he looked good earlier in the year, uh, but the wheels have fallen off uh, for him uh, right now. Um, yeah, he hasn't won in forever. He's been getting uh, hit hard. His ERA just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. Uh, what, what do you make of uh, the Yankees' uh, bats tonight against Junis? Yeah, Aaron Judge, probably my favorite play on the entire slate. Like, I, I find it hard to believe I would set a lineup tonight where Aaron Judge was not included. I mean, Junis is very reliant on his slider and Aaron judge has absolutely crushed the pitch this season. So that's number one. Number two is Aaron judge. I mean, I don't believe in batter home road splits necessarily, unless you're in Coors, Uh, but Yankee stadium isn't far off and his numbers are outrageous. How different they are at home and on the road A 508 Woba at home, 297 on the road. Like I haven't seen anything like that other than a Coors bat before. 230 WRC plus at home, 86 on the road. Uh, hitting 371 at home, hitting 204 on the road. I, I could keep going on and on and on. But I don't know <laughs> if uh, you need any more to get the point. Aaron Judge at home against a, a guy who throws sliders, who gives up homers, is a beast. And I think you can target some of the other bats in this lineup. I think a lot of people, if they're stacking the Yankees, will be in Gardner. Uh, I'm more willing to go down to the recently in Fuego, Greg Bird, uh, one of the few Yankees over the last few weeks with a WRC plus over 120. Uh, I really like a Yankee stack here. Judge and Gregorius would be in every single one of mine just to pitch data makes sense. Uh, but I also like the returning Gleyber Torres and Greg Bird. Uh, Sonny Gray on the hill here tonight. Obviously, he's had his uh, his issues um, in in the Bronx. Uh, yet it's the first time, actually, since he's acquired that he's won back-to-back starts, which is hard to believe. So um, I guess this is about as good as, as you're getting uh, with, with him right now. But what about Kansas City at all? I mean, generally the public and the casual player is not really going to look at the Royals. 
Yankees are massive favorites in this game. Uh, is it is it worth it to look at it? Do you like any Kansas City Royal bats against the Gray in this spot? Yeah, I definitely like Moustakis. I mean, anytime you go to Yankee Stadium and you get that short torch and right, anyone who has a high fly ball rate interests me. And it's not like Sonny Gray is lights out against left-handers, almost 340 Woba. Uh, he walks them a lot. And he doesn't strike them out a lot. Also, a ton of line drives, ton of hard contact. So, not a crazy amount of fly balls, but with that uppercut swing of Moustakis, if he makes contact, he's the guy I like here. And I think Sonny Gray is going to be really chalky. So, I like it as the one-off, especially as a leverage play to all those who are going to play Sonny Gray. Uh, we got about a minute uh, left uh, here before we get out of here. I, I brought this up earlier. Hoskins has got four home runs in the last five games. I think this might silence uh, that, uh, oh, the home run derby ruins people's strokes. This guy couldn't, this guy didn't, you know, he wasn't hitting home runs before. Now he's crushing them. Ricky Sanders, follow him on Twitter. Ricky Sanders, DFS. Thanks for the time, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Lineup Block Live, Game Time Decisions continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. A live shot of Johnny Manziel on the field. Yet it will be Vernon Adams uh, who will be starting. Lineup Block Live, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenci. Thanks to Ricky Sanders uh, joining. So Ricky Sanders really, really likes Michael Conforto. He really likes Aaron Judge a lot uh, this evening as well. We're going to put together a couple of lineups uh, tonight, but uh, let's share with you uh, what we've come up with uh, so far. Uh, a couple of players that uh, stand out the most. And uh, let's start off uh, with our pitching. And I hate asking Ricky. I hate, like, having my picks before and then, like, finding out, like, the negatives <laughs> about that. It's like, well, you know, this is why I don't like this guy, but... It's tough tonight, and R- Ricky brought it up, and Ricky's one of the best in the business, but it is very, very tricky uh, tonight with, um, with with the pitching. There's a lot of sort of average pitchers, but they're not cheap. Um, so we're going to go with Kingham tonight, and I am a little bit concerned as uh, Ricky talked about the Mets uh, bats uh, coming alive a little bit, but Kingham, uh, listen, Pittsburgh are the hottest team in baseball right now, right? They're 11-1 and in their last 12 games. Kingham has put together three straight quality starts. He's won uh, each uh, one of them. Uh, he only gave up uh, two runs uh, and four hits over six and a third. 
in Cincinnati, a hitter's park against a pretty good uh, offense. Now, the home run has been an issue uh, for him. Uh, this is something I'm not a, a massive fan of. He's given up seven home runs in in, uh, in the last four games. He's never pitched against the Mets uh, before. Uh, at home, he's very good at PNC. He's 2-1 with a 2.90 earned run average. And uh, he's got five starts at home, 32 strikeouts and 31 innings as well. So I think there is some potential for some strikeouts uh, here this evening. But the Mets' bats have been a little bit better. Of course, they don't have some uh, in the lineup. So I've got uh, Kingham. All right. Um, I, we talked about Derek Rodriguez. If you're unaware, and we're all getting old, people, all right? You know, we talked about this yesterday with Mark Lawrence. Fortunately, we're not into the third generation players yet, and hopefully I, I survive long enough that we get to that point. <laughs> but I always feel old when there's a player that I remember like coming into the league as a rookie and now they have a they have a kid playing uh, professional sports. It's like the same thing. Like there's a dude Brian Johnson, and not the pitcher of the Boston uh, Red Sox, and not the singer of ACDC. Uh, but uh, Brian Johnson, he's like the offensive coordinator for the Utah Utes. All right, the college football team. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually a head coach uh, one day. The guy's been a coach for a little while now. He's paid his dues, and he's pretty respected. In fact. I think he might have actually moved on. I'm going to look and see where he is now. Uh, but anyways, like Brian Brian Johnson, I saw this kid play quarterback in high school in Texas. All right? <laughs> like I had a game. I was in Katy, Texas, and Brian Johnson was the quarterback in high school. And now I see Brian Johnson, and, you know, he's like a serious man. He's like the offensive coordinator for major college football programs. <laughs> I'm thinking, man. I'm still the same idiot as I was that day that I was on the field with this guy. And now look at him. He's like a grown man. So, yeah, it's sort of, uh, I don't like it, actually. It actually, uh, it um, it depresses me. I'm not even exaggerating kidding. It does depress me. I'm like, oh, my God. Pudge Rodriguez got a 26-year-old kid and is pitching in baseball already. Really? Man, I feel old. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Ivan Rodriguez, Hall of Famer, Texas Rangers catcher. He's got a 26-year-old son, if you're unaware. Rodriguez is his kid, and uh, he's been unbelievable, man. All right, uh, the Giants have won every game that he started. Which is, uh, it's you know, it, it, he's been real good at home, too. He's got four home starts. His earned run average is 2.28. Overall, he's 4-0. With a 1.98 earned run average. We talked about it earlier with Cam. Um, that uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are starting to hit a wall a little bit uh, right now. And the, the exact same thing happened to them to, the la- to them last year. Travis Shaw was talking about it. And um, he was saying that, you know, it's in our heads. We've got we've to just, you know, stop thinking and start winning again, basically. And. You know, like being a gambling man, when it's in your head, and, oh, we've got to stop losing and start winning again, you're not going to. Like, I don't know if they have the answers. They played some good baseball. I just think Milwaukee might be in a tough spot over the next week or so. We'll see if they can fight through this. Uh, and especially now with the Cubs coming back and winning today, it puts more pressure on Milwaukee. It just does. And trust me, they're watching this stuff in their hotel or at the park, et cetera. They, they saw the Cubs come back. And they know it's like, oh, great. We just lost another half game right now. 
So, uh, nevertheless, I'm going with Derek Rodriguez uh, here tonight. Um, catcher. Catcher. Real cheap uh, here tonight. Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters is, um, what is he? He's uh, $2,900. Matt Wieters is $2,900. He gets uh, Dan Straley tonight. It's Washington and uh, the Marlins. Uh, Wieters, $2,900. Six for eight in his career versus Dan Straley. With two home runs. Very, very, you know, hey, the catching position is usually a tough one as in the best of times, but now we're getting a guy at $2,900 who's six for freaking eight uh, with two home runs and four RBIs against the pitcher. I'll take uh, Matt Wieters, man, $2,900. So listen, guys, you know, tonight is a night where we're going to have to make a couple of lineups because of the fact that. I want to get exposure to Aaron Judge. I want to get some exposure to the New York Yankee bats. I think the Yankee bats go off tonight. But at the same point in time, the Oakland-Texas series has been like uh, it's been like a gold rush. There's going to be a reality TV show with a bunch of hicks trying to find gold here soon about this series. Like, you know, it just, it just keeps giving. And I know. I just you got Cahill on, Cahill on the bump tonight um, for the athletics, so... You know, we're not looking at a Texas Rangers stack, but we're not going to ignore them completely. You know, the way the ball is uh, traveling out of that park, and, you know, let us reiterate, basically, Bartolo Colon is uh, is on the hill. So we're going to go with Matt Olson. Let's start off with Matt Olson at uh, first base. Uh, the A's uh, have been killing it all week. We, you know, we should just use every uh, Oakland Athletic in reality. He's got a good price, too, at $3,500, especially when you consider he, he's, uh, he's going to be facing Bartolo Colon uh, tonight. Bartolo Colon has given up 22 home runs this year. He's 22 home runs on the season. His ERA is creeping up to five. This is the, this is the situation that we see all the time uh, with Bartolo Colon right now. I mean, the guy is 45 years old, right? So he always starts off hot. He has a couple of good games, and then reality starts to catch up to him, and he wants to retire. And basically they tell him, no, no, don't retire. You know, there's people that suck harder than you do. So, I mean, this guy might be around until he's freaking 50. <laughs> but I don't see any reason why the Oakland Athletic bats don't step up again tonight. So we're going with Matt Olson. Uh, we're going with Jed Lowry. Why am I taking Jed Lowry? Well, as I just stated, uh, Bartolo Colon's on the hill. He's got a 4.85 earned run average, giving up 22 home runs. Uh, Jed Lowry has four hits, three RBIs, and a home run in this series. He's put up 39 DraftKings points in the last two games. Uh, they, and we talk about it all the time, the Oakland Athletic Bats. These guys just kill it when they're on the road. And uh, I think you know, this athletic team, man, they're only a game and a half back right now of um, the, uh, the wild card in the Seattle Mariners. So speaking of this game, Adrian Beltre, we've got to get a piece of uh, don't touch the head, man. We've got to get a piece of Beltre here. $3,200. I think it's cheap. He's the one guy, and Ricky Sanders uh, brought it up. Trevor Cahill really doesn't give up a lot of fly balls, so the ball you know, might not fly out, of the, uh, fly out of the park for the Texas Rangers tonight. But one guy, and Beltre, we talk about it. We, we talk about how great this guy is. He's, he's underappreciated in the grand scheme of things. I don't think people realize his accomplishments. But to me, he's just too cheap at $3,200. It, it's, just, it's just too cheap. 
and he's got great splits against Cahill. He's 11 for 32, uh, four doubles, two home runs, five RBIs, hitting 3-4-4 against, uh, against Trevor Cahill. Now, this, this next pick I don't love, but my outfield's kind of jammed up, and, you know, you can't, uh, you can't afford everybody, yet I don't think a lot of people are going to own this dude, and he's actually starting to heat up right now with the temperatures. Uh, Elvis is in the building. Elvis Andrews. Um, he is starting to heat up right now, man. He's got hits in seven straight baseball games. He's got hits in eight of uh, his last ten games. He's got three multi-hit games in the last seven games. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's racked up 48 DraftKings points in this series against the Oakland Athletics. So he's got 48 DraftKings points in the series through three games. Kind of flying under the radar a little bit, I, I think. So I'm going to go with Elvis Andrus uh, here tonight. Now we get into um, who somebody who's, I don't know, man, do they have player of the week? You know, fantasy player of the week? Because uh, if you have an award, we're giving it to Chris Davis. This guy's just been unfreaking believable, man. Chris Davis accounted for all of Oakland's late scoring as he smacked a three-run home run in the seventh inning. Then he smacked a two-run shot with two outs in the ninth inning. <laughs> all right, over the last four games, this is what Chris Davis has done. He's got uh, six home runs, 13 RBIs over the last four games. Six home runs, 13 RBIs. Like, that's like a great, like, two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it, there'd be, you tell 50% of guys in Major League Baseball, these are your numbers for the for two weeks. You had six home runs. <laughs> you had six home runs. You had 13 RBIs uh, and, and, and a two-week spent. This is what he's had in the last four games. We talked about it earlier. He's got 27 home runs on the season, 77 RBI, and... You know, six home runs in the last four games, but he's also hit home runs in six consecutive games against the Texas Rangers. So he's hit home runs in all three of these games, but he's also hit home runs in the last three games he played against them too. Can he do it again? I mean, I don't know what the Major League Baseball record is, but we got to be moving in close to this. I mean, this is, is not this is not normal stuff. Uh, not to mention Bartolo Colon. You know, we, we, we talked about how he's been hit, but specifically by right-handed hitters. All right, right-handed hitting uh, Oakland Athletic bats are hitting 338 off of Bartolo Colon and 65 at-bats with two home runs and five RBIs. Um, we were talking earlier about Hoskins, all right, in the Philadelphia Phillies. And there's always been that debate and... I've always thought that it was a dumb argument. Now, I'm not a Major League Baseball hitter, so I can't tell a professional hitter whether he's right or wrong about something. And if a, if a professional hitter feels as though that the home run derby is a, a detriment to their swing and takes them out of their groove coming out of the All-Star break, then, hey, who am I to say that, hey, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. But I've always argued that the reason that some players, I would tell the players that think, oh, I was in the derby, and then after in the second half of the season, I couldn't hit a baseball. You know, we brought it up last week. It's the fact that they're out of their routine, right? They play every damn day. They're in a cage every day. 
you go to the All-Star game, suddenly there's a lot of pictures and sort of just stuff going on and banquets. And, you know, you're taken out of your routine. Other players that aren't in the All-Star game are taken out of the routine at times. Like, even if you're just in a home run derby, et cetera. So, you know, I just, I just, I've always thought it was just sort of overrated. And not to mention, what's the home run derby besides batting practice? It's not like in batting practice, these guys actually practice batting. <laughs> you know, pardon the pun. They just try to hit home runs. They bet with each other. Can I put it up? Hey, I bet you I can put it in the second deck on the left side. You know, right field, right field, triple deck. And then they bet with each other and stuff. It's just nothing but a home run derby. So I never really bought the argument that home run derbies um, ruined batter strokes. And where I'm going with this is Hoskins, of course, was in the home run derby. And uh, Hoskins has hit four home runs since he's come out of the derby. It's like the derby woke him up from a home run uh, perspective. I mean, as we stated, people thought, all right, maybe Hoskins is going to hit. Maybe Hoskins is going to hit like 50 home runs this year after after he exploded onto the scene. He only had 14 home runs, right? Coming out of the suddenly after the derby, boom, it's up to 18 right now. You know, he's probably going to end up with like, you know, 32 or 33 or something like that when it's all said and done. But I like him tonight, man. He's in Cincinnati. Male has been terrible. There's no reason not to to like him. And we wrap it up with wit, uh, wit, wimp, wit, wit, (laughs) the uh, Susan Ross Foundation. Whip, wink, wink, whip. We're going to go uh, with Merrifield here. $3,900 in the uh, the house that, uh, the house that um, is the replica of the house that Ruth built. So we've got Kingham, Rodriguez, Weeters, Olsen, Lowry, Beltre, Andrus, Davis, Hoskins, Merrifield. Except I do want to throw another lineup together here and uh, get some exposure to uh, to Aaron Judge. I respect Ricky a lot. And uh, Ricky says Conforto is one of the plays of the night. So uh, let's jump in on a, on a Conforto. And uh, we got some uh, we got some CFL for you, too, actually. We got a lot of best bets tonight, too. I'm just loading up this second. Uh, I'm going to fire this off. All right, we're going to go with, uh, we'll throw Judge in here. I like that Judge, man. He's, all right, he's $5,600. I'm going to go with Conforto. $4,200. I got to get Chris Davis in here again. There's no way I'm not. So there's our outfield. Aaron Judge, Conforto, Chris Davis. We're not going to have a lot of money for pitching here. So we're going to, you know, we're going to stack the bats and uh, hope for the best with pitching. Ricky Sanders is going Wade Miley at 6,600. Junis is a gas can. You know, we don't want any part of uh, Hunter Wood. Hunter Wood's going to go like two innings. Cologne's a gas can. You know who the value pick here might be here tonight? It's a real gamble, guys, but Alex Cobb. <laughs> I know he's terrible, but listen, we're, we're rolling the dice here. Does Tampa, you know, does Tampa's lineup completely scare you? 
Lineup Lock Live continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Lineup Lock Live, Game Time Decisions continues. I like it. We're bringing it here. Mix it up a little bit. Good stuff. All right, I'm just trying to throw together a second lineup, and actually I have too much money to deal with here because I went so cheap on the pitching. (laughs) All right. I got to uh, I got to jack this up uh, a little bit. All right, uh, I had Alex Cobb and Brian Johnson. All right, maybe I'll take uh, I'll take Cobb out, and I'll uh, even though I think Cobb could actually surprise here tonight. I really do. Aaron Judge is fifty six. Conforto's forty two. Chris Davis forty four. You know, I think we didn't talk about Franco tonight. I think the the computers like Franco. In fact, Franco is like the number one projected uh, projected uh, third baseman this evening. Suarez, Suarez, obviously as well tonight. Muncie's five thousand dollars. All right, so we'll get back to that. We gave it a baseball lineup, but we talked about. Uh, Junis has been a gas can, so I don't. I, you know, if you want to stack up some Yankees. I think a Yankee A stack basically is the way to go. All right, so uh, CFL, if you want to play a little CFL uh, DFS, um, we had um, Ben Kramer on, DailyRoto.com's Ben Kramer on earlier. So they have a four-game tournament up. we got the Edmonton Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes, Toronto and Winnipeg, Hamilton and uh, Ottawa, Calgary and Saskatchewan. Calgary and Saskatchewan, both defenses are good. Calgary's defense is really good. Saskatchewan's defense is pretty good. People are not expecting a track meet. It's a low total in that football game. Toronto and Winnipeg is is kind of strange. Last week, you know, Andrew Harris went off. I could see Winnipeg having some success again, but it's always strange when the same team plays each other two weeks in a row. But Andrew Harris is a must. I'm just talking about the quarterbacks here. Mike Riley is $11,600 uh, tonight. Now, Mike Riley is the best fantasy player in the Canadian Football League. But at the same point in time, you know, he's he's playing. He's still putting up big numbers, but he's freaking expensive. And, you know, he's throwing for, you know, he's putting up 22 DK points, 23 DK points. Earlier in the year, they were, you were getting into the 30s. It's a lot of money. And I'll tell you right now, pretty much like it's a fact, everybody's going to own uh, Mike Riley. That's sort of, sort of the automatic. And nobody's going to own Vernon Adams. All right? And Johnny Manziel is not ready to play yet. 
Johnny Manziel might poach a touchdown tonight. He might come in on a short yardage situation and run like a bootleg reverse or something like that. But you know, Vernon Adams is going to be on the football field here this evening at $6,200. I think the Montreal Alouettes are going to show up here tonight. Um, listen, Ben Kramer is you know, the best uh, CFL DFS guy in the business, and he even wrote about, hey, uh, he's not opposed to uh, taking rolling the dice with Vernon Adams here tonight. $6,200 is very cheap for a quarterback, a starting quarterback at that. Andrew Harris is a necessity. He's $8,800. This guy, you know, if there's the most valuable player, I guess they call the most outstanding player. I don't know why they just don't call it MVP. But uh, he, you know, he's your man. I said that uh, Riley's the best fantasy player. This guy's actually, uh, you know, he's right up there. Last week, he put up 33.7 DK points. The week before, 35.8 uh, DK points. Andrew Harris says just, you know, he catches he catches about three, four balls out of the backfield. And the thing in the CFL is there's not as much running, obviously, because there's only three downs. So the running back position isn't the same. Is it, you know, in a traditional form, uh, four-down format? But I have noticed teams are running the ball a little bit more in the CFL this year. And last week, since they had a big lead, he had 27 carries. You know, he usually gets about, you know, 13, 13 to 15 carries and, you know, a couple of touches. But he is by far the best running back. So if you don't put him in here, you're really, it's like, you know, it's like going against Westbrook or something like that. Uh, Duke Williams, the best wide receiver in the Canadian Football League uh, this year. He's $9,500. Um, looking for a value pick. Uh, Lawrence. Rashad Lawrence. Rashad Lawrence is $3,700. He's going to be starting a wide receiver for the Hamilton Tiger Cats against Ottawa. And um, you know what? I actually think, I actually think that uh, there's going to be some points scored in this football game. So he should be able to, um, you know, you're easily going to get your value back, I think, for $3,700 there. So we got Vernon Adams, Andrew Harris, Duke Williams. I think we need some exposure. As good as, um, as you know, listen, Saskatchewan's defense is good, but Eric Rogers is just unbelievable. Eric Rogers is just unbelievable. Like, if you look at uh, his fantasy production, 33 DK points, 16 DK points, and 29 DK points. The thing is, the game that he had 16 DraftKings points and only five receptions and a touchdown, that's the game that Bo Levi Mitchell got hurt and Calgary was up in, so they just ran the ball after. Eric Rogers, a badass. We'll put Eric Rogers in here. All right, defense, special teams. I'm going to roll the dice and take the Alouettes at $3,800, and it leaves me $9,300 for my flex. Ooh, sweet. Sweet. We'll go with uh, Brandon Banks and what should be a high-scoring game. So I think we've got a nice uh, CFL uh, lineup here for you. Vernon Adams at quarterback. Andrew Harris running back. Duke Williams wide receiver. Rashad Lawrence wide receiver. Eric Rogers, wide receiver, or a flex, but he's a wide receiver, but in, in the flex. Brandon Banks, flex. And um, Montreal Alouette's defense and special teams, $3,800. All 
Son of a bitch. Contest is full. I got to enter another one now. That's the thing with these CFL contests, man. They they do fill up. I put a CFL lineup in earlier too. This I like this one better. All right, so now I'm in this one. How much does this pay? Not much. I think earlier, like I saw earlier, they had uh, 25 cent entry tournaments here for the CFL. I think they're just trying to get some people, you know, get more people going here. But um, you know what? We're one week away, guys, from the start of the National Football League regular season uh, or preseason, regular season, rapidly approaching. Less than a month from the uh, less than a month from the regular season college uh, football, but yeah, preseason. Preseason starts one week uh, from tonight, and it's basically our regular season. Like the season begins because we bet preseason football. Like to me, there's not really a massive difference between betting on a preseason game and a regular season game. Now, I used to bet more on preseason games. Like I used to put like two, three thousand dollars down on NFL preseason games as like basically they were regular season or as good as any other bet. I've backed off a little bit. You know, in the internet era and in the modern era, everybody knows everything now. You know, you used to, I used to sort of think I was smart and smarter than everybody because I would follow the training camps and get newsletters and stuff. But, you know, technology catches up to you. And I've also noticed, too, that I've, got, I've been screwed a lot over the last couple of years with NFL preseason bets where I lose on, like, the last play of the game. Now... Basically, the starters don't play anyways, right? So, basically, you take the first half. Even if it's not, I'm not betting on the starters in the first half, but even if it's the backups in the first half. Because when you get into the fourth quarter, that's when the crazy stuff starts to happen, and there's punt returns and fumbles, and you get these, like, really, really, really bad quarterbacks uh, that are in there. You have to remember the biggest key to betting preseason, and next week we'll go over this and sort of, give you all the top tips and uh, the things to do and not to do when you're betting in the preseason. But you really, 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 really need to know the motivation of each team. All right? Like, I'm not just talking about, you know, a couple of sound clips. But you really, really need to read into the positional battles. How are they approaching it? Because there's times you'll bet on a preseason game and you'll realize, oh, my God, this team does not care. Like the coaches, you know, put some four-string quarterback in that he's going to cut just for the hell of it, and he lets him play the entire second half because the coach doesn't care and he doesn't want to get anyone else hurt, right? So you got you to tread cautiously, but I'm fired up. Football now just uh, one week away, and I got one NFL team that I'm really starting to get excited about. But uh, let's get into our best bets of the day because uh, we've got so many of them. Let's start off uh, here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, we talked about taking uh, Kingham as our pitcher here in DraftKings, but the Pittsburgh Pirates, red-hot baseball team right now. We know about their 11-game uh, win streak that they had uh, going. It came to uh, came to an end yesterday. They got shut out by a damn good pitcher in Trevor Bauer. One thing, look, the, the, there's a few things that worry me here. Now, I'm riding the hot hand here. Kingham's been great at home, and the Pirates are a scorching-hot baseball team. The things that worry me now, there's always negatives, even on games you're going to like. You know, the pros are they're 11-1 in their last 12 games, and Kingham, uh, Kingham's been on fire. So the negatives are the Mets' bats starting to come alive a little bit. 
And another thing is, I always talk about this, how teams that have, like, really, really good road trips always lose the first game back home. And I'm betting against, like, something that I always preach here, but I often don't practice what I preach. So this it's, it's just one thing I'm telling you. You know, team does great on the road. Oh, my God, man, we're back in the playoff hunt. This is going great. Oh, now we, we're going back home. It's going to be easier for us now. Boom, you lose. I've seen it a million times over the years, guys. You know, but with that being stated, call me a sucker, I guess, because I'm walking right into the trap with the Pittsburgh Pirates at uh, minus 145 here this evening. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies are underdogs here tonight. The Philadelphia Phillies plus 110. And I, you know, I just I don't understand this line. Now, our good friend Mark Lawrence, of course, always says, always respect the odds maker. And never think, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They got it wrong. They know more than we do. So maybe I'm walking into a trap on this one as well, but I don't really get the line here. You know, we got a 57 and 44 baseball team taking on a 45 and 57 team. You know, the fact of the matter is the Philadelphia Phillies actually have a better winning percentage on the road than the Cincinnati Reds do at home. And I know the Cincinnati Reds have played much better baseball since Riggleman's taken over. They're actually, you know, they played respectable uh, baseball. We'll, we'll give them this. But I, I just, I don't get it. You're playing the Philadelphia Phillies, who are one of the better teams, uh, better teams in the uh, in the National League. And I guess it's just the fact that um, and, you know, I wanted to bring this up with Ricky, actually, because it's just such a, such a cool name. But Ranger Suarez, he makes his Major League Baseball debut. So that that's what it comes down to. He makes his Major League Baseball uh, debut. And I think, um, you know, it sort of scares the betting market off uh, a little bit. I don't have a problem with it. I like guys when they when they, it's a major league baseball debut. I don't like betting on guys when it's like their third game and their second game even after teams have watched the tape of them. You know, you're you're coming in here. The Reds don't know what the hell they're going to see from this guy. They'll get a little tape and uh, scouting reports from the International League, but and as far as Tyler Amale, um, he's been crushed in his last couple of starts. Man, thirteen runs, fourteen hits. You know, to me, the combination is just too much here. We're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with the Philadelphia Phillies, Boston Red Sox. We all got screwed last night, guys. It freaking sucks. Normally, I'd be madder about it, but whatever. It reminds me of our late great friend Dave Malinsky, who always bitched about um, he had an over bet, and the game was like nine seven, and uh, it was like in the eighth inning, and it started raining, and they never resumed play, and he got a push on the bet. Because, of course, you know, with baseball, if you bet on an over, you bet on a total. Even if it went over and the game doesn't uh, complete, the total bet isn't complete. And that, to me, it's one of the stupidest rules in sports and sports betting. All right? But uh, it is what it is. And, you know, once in a while, you're going to get screwed like that. And last night was one of those instances. You know, the Boston Red Sox were going to win that game. They were winning 5 nothing after two innings. They were, kick, kick, uh, they were kicking a crap out of the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, we got screwed. They never resumed the game. We had it on the run line, so we just got our money back. It's kind of frustrating. But without being stated, the Minnesota Twins just swept the Toronto Blue Jays. It's not much of a flight 
uh, from Toronto to Boston. Uh, but nevertheless, back-to-back road series, is it starts to catch up a little bit. And it's all matchups. And, Bo- and Boston's going to be in a bad mood, too. You know, the Boston Red Sox haven't won a baseball game in three day- days right now. You know, for them, that's a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't play last night. They got screwed out of a win last night. And, and the Red Sox were pissed last night that they got screwed out of that game. They did complain. So we know they're in a bad mood. I like that. You know, they, they got screwed last night. The night before, they actually lost. So it's actually been three days for them since they've won. You know they're getting anxious to get out there. And it's all matchups, man. You look at the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins uh, swept the Toronto Blue Jays, who were coming off a sweep uh, of the uh, the Baltimore Orioles. So, yeah, good for you. Minnesota, you got your little sweep. It comes to an end tonight. We lay the 55 cents uh, with the Boston Red Sox. Oakland Athletics, minus 145. Hard not to like this again. I mean, these guys just keep coming back. We talk about how hot Chris Davis is and how hot Lowry is and how hot everybody is and how cold Bartola Colon is. Minus 145. Give me the uh, Oakland Athletics. And uh, finally, in conclusion, we talk about um, Derek Rodriguez, Pudge's kid. Um, He's pitched in seven games. He started six of them. The San Francisco Giants are 7-0 when this kid's been in a game. Six starts. Um, He's 4-0. So they've never lost with him on the hill. I like my chances. Uh, Give me uh, the San Francisco Giants, minus 110. So to recap our baseball picks, Pittsburgh Pirates, minus 145. Philadelphia Phillies, plus 110. Boston uh, Red Sox, minus 155. A's, minus 145. Giants, minus 110. And you know what? To be honest, I I wouldn't mind laying a run and a half with the Yankees. They're like minus 320 favorites now or something. But I think the Yankees do kick the crap out of the Royals. CFL football. Give me the Montreal Alouettes plus 10 points. Give me the Edmonton Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes over 48 points. And give me a seven-point teaser for the degenerates out there. Montreal Alouettes and the over. Scout Radio next.